tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and Torytainment for you. Everybody. The European 2023 tour is just around the corner and we want to talk about it. Tori's added some exciting new cities to the mix and just for fun, she shuffled the order of the old cities. So now we got to replan, regroup, and yes, re-record. It's a brand new year, a brand new season, and a brand new era of tour all night. From ocean to ocean, to ocean to ocean too, we're your guide to everything tour. This episode is an edited version of a conversation that I had last year with Cecile Debron, who's wonderful, by the way. She runs Tori's Maze, as you'll learn. Luckily, I hadn't started taking any of my French lessons yet, so I was able to spare her the humiliation of me trying to speak in French. So congratulations. Congratulations, Cecile. Let me introduce you. Here we are on the eighth show of the tour in Lyon, France, and we have as our tour guide, Cécile Debron. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, Ephraim. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, thank you for being here. Tell us all about you. Tell us your Tory story, everything. Okay, so um, I discovered Tori when I was 17 years old. I was at the record shop to get some new records, and I just froze in front of a Scarlet Walk CD. I just found the cover so beautiful and the name rang a bell and I realized that when I was a teenager I read People magazines and I think I had read that Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy the Vampire Slayer loved Tori Amos. So I figured that was why I knew the name, <laughs> but I was just fascinated by the big cover. So I picked it up. I listened just to 30 seconds clips at the record shop. And I was really breathless when I heard the piano of Amber Waves, mm. you know, this kind of wave at the beginning. And I just listened to the 18 short clips and I decided that I would buy the record. And then I fell in love with Scarlet's Walk. And then I had the other records first when I went to the library in Lyon. And then I bought all the other CDs and became a fan. That was the beginning of my passion for, uh, for Tori Amos and, uh, and her career. And then in 2011, I created Tori's Maze, which is a French and English website about Tori. I didn't update the site in a long time because we have to do some major technical updates, but uh, it's still on. And I also became pretty close to other fellow French ears with it through internet, through French forum. So... Uh, I, to the, all of the few, uh, even listened to this podcast, and um, I uh, always enjoyed talking about Tori with other fans, but also um, on my um, cultural webzine, Culturellement Vôtre. I was a um, cultural journalist for a few years. I work on the web, but I still continue to write uh, reviews, and, well, this is basically uh, my um, Tori Amos story. 
I love it. First of all, we use Tori's Maze a lot in our research when we are doing our podcast. So thank you for that. Tori'sMaze.com. Check it out. That's Cecile's site. Oh, let's know it. What's your signature song? I would say Yes, Anastasia. Oh, yeah? It's the one that really stuck with me. But Winter was my favorite song for years. I also really love Cooling. So it kind of depends on my mood. But yes, uh, yes, Anastasia. Great. And have you ever requested it or have you talked to Tori? Has she played it? In the Paris shows, I don't remember her playing it. But she played other songs that I really loved, um, like Smokey Joe in mm. 2009, Baker Baker. I asked her Lady in Blue in 2009 also, and she played it. You asked for Lady in Blue? Yes. Oh, I love that song. Yes, love it. This is great. So how many shows are you doing on this tour? Both shows in France. Great. Leon in Paris? I've basically done all the Paris shows since 2005. Oh, Okay, that's amazing. I've never been to France before. And in a million years, I would never have thought I was going to ever go to France ever. It just seems so luxurious that I felt like I would just never make it there. But here I am. And here I go. <laughs> it's great. I hope you love it. I'm assuming that I'm going to everybody does. Everybody has nothing but amazing things to say about France. But tell us a little bit about Lyon. Three things you love about it. Something unique about your town, just like the general vibes. Okay, so um, it's a pretty cool city to stay in. People always talk about Paris when it comes to France, but Lyon is kind of a smaller Paris in a kind of way. Don't ever say that to people from Lyon because there's a kind of rivalry between the two towns. Oh, really? Yes, uh, people from Paris will tell you that the Lyonnais are cold. And Lyonnais folks will tell you that Parisians are cold and arrogant. So there's a kind of a rivalry. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so don't tell uh, Lyon is a small Paris, but the idea it's smaller so you can walk along the embankments. You can make all of the um, most touristic places by foot. It's pretty quick and pretty easy. What I really like and what I think really stuck and uh, strike a chord with tourists is the old city, the Violion, which is the historical part of the town. You have Gallo-Roman um, amphitheaters there, the antique theater in Fourvière uphill. You can see the Basilica of Fourvière from Belcourt and what we call the Presqu'île. We call it the center of Lyon, the Presqu'île, because there are two rivers there. And the Presqu'île is between the two rivers. And when you look uphill to Fourvière, it looks a bit like Montmartre with a sacré car, but it's more golden. And you have this very a bit mysterious and very charming quality about the violon, the historical part of town, which dates back to antiquity. Then you have also the Rarus, which has a bit of a village vibe. So there are lots of vintage shops, artist workshops, organic markets, really cool coffee shops and restaurants. And it's a town where you can um, take your time it's also pretty much animated, so you have a lot of things to do and to see. You have great museums, venues, a lot of theaters also. But it's smaller than Paris, so you spend less time in the public transportation, for instance. Would you say it's more walkable then? 
Uh, it's more easily walkable, yes. Yes. We forgot to tell the details. So the concert itself is on the 26th of February, which is a Saturday. The day before is a day off, and the day after is a day off. Breaking news. That date is wrong. The new date is April 14th, 2023, which is a Friday, not a Saturday. And there is a day off after, not before. What's the gay scene like for we homosexuals? Is it going to be okay? Yes, there are a lot of places, so I don't necessarily go to gay places, but I've made a quick research. Um, I've put a link on your document. Yes. It's mostly in the first uh, boroughs of a town. It's not exactly what I would call the gay part of a town because there aren't any, but the first borough is where a lot of the bars and clubs live, let's say. So there are really dozens and dozens of places there. I remember there were kind of a lot of gay bars and gay clubs when I was uh, in high school and I had friends who went there. And when I checked the article that I forwarded you the link to, mm-hmm. it's still in the same area that you can find the most gay bars, gay clubs. There's also in the fifth borough, so near the Violion. I think I remember there are still a few places also. In general, what's the nightlife like? It's pretty much animated on the Friday and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. Easier to go out before subway closed at um, midnight, pretty much uh, midnight or past 30. Now on Fridays and Saturdays, you have a subway until 2 a.m. So if you have to go back to your Airbnb or to your hotel, it's much easier to take the public transportation and to have fun uh, at the bars or the clubs. You're saying that the public transportation goes till 2 a.m. Is that generally when the bars close too? It depends. There are nine boroughs in Lyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are pretty much just where people live, so it's not pretty much animated. But the heart of it so the Presqu'île, the first borough, second borough, and the fifth, you can pretty much easily find pubs that close at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m., and you have clubs that, uh, that are open pretty much all night also. I love it. We don't have that in Los Angeles. But just be sure that you have your dinner before 10 or 11 p.m. Because (laughs) service ends pretty much early. Even when bars stay open, sometimes they are out of food. So if you haven't eaten, you're not sure to find uh, something to eat in the area. That's good to know. That's very good to know. (laughs) Yes. Tell us about this venue, Radiant. Le Radiant Bellevue. How is the venue? So I've never went there for the time being. It's pretty much a new venue. It's open since only two or three years, I guess. But it's pretty much an intimate venue. The great, uh, the main area where Tori will perform, you can have between 650 and 2,500 seats. So uh, it's pretty much an intimate uh, intimate venue. So I think it will be really great for Tori. And you're saying it's brand new, so this is her first time performing there too? Yes. Wow. And the part of town that it's in, is it like a city center? Are we like in the heart of everything? Caluire is not part of Lyon, but it's really close to the Croix-Rousse. So if you take the subway, the line C from Hôtel de Ville or from the Croix-Rousse, you arrive to Caluire in less than 20 minutes. And then you can take a bus and there are just two stops, two stations. So it's really practical to go there. And the area 
in itself is Calvier is mostly a familial town so there's not a lot of things to do in Varia mm-hmm. but it's calm and pretty much peaceful. So it's not even actually in Lyon proper, it's in a suburb? It touches the Croix-Rousse area, which is part of Lyon. Okay. It's near the fourth boroughs, but it's a little less... It's just mainly accessible by bus and by subway, but it's not officially part of the town. Got it. So you take line C for about 20 minutes, you're there. Even less than that, it's a line where you have only uh, five or six stations, uh-huh. so it's really quick. And then as soon as the show's over, we're going to need to get back to Lyon to eat before the restaurants close. Yes. Or you can have a a snack at the venue restaurant. Oh, okay. I've seen there is something where you can grab a sandwich or or something. Okay, love that. The official currency is the euro. Will you tell us a little bit about the French tipping culture? There's not really a French tipping culture. Uh, (laughs) If you go to a gastronomic restaurant like Paul Bocuse, of course, it's expensive. People tend to tip a lot. But if you go to a um, regular restaurant, I don't know, um, 10 euros or 20 euros restaurant, people don't necessarily tip or they leave maybe 2 or 3 euros. But we are not really good tippers, I have to say. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> But you can tip the Uber Eats delivery guy. Okay, good. I have to ask you, this is just from my childhood <laughs> watching Pulp Fiction. Should I get a Royale with cheese at McDonald's? Um, you can have a Big Mac. But Royale, Pulp Fiction was 1994. But I don't remember if there was a Royale sandwich back then. But uh, you can still have uh, your mayonnaise with your burger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, I am hoping not to eat at any like chain restaurants like that. I want to eat entirely local, actual restaurants that I can only eat at once in my life. So what are some good options in Lyon for us to eat? Oh, there are lots of great options. It depends on uh, what your food habits are. You know, if you're looking to taste some uh, really typical Lyon food, uh, you have to go to a traditional bouchon. It's really small pocket restaurants where you have a lot, lot, lot of meat or fish. It's really not vegan friendly. I think the only option with that uh, meat or fish is the cervelle des canuts, which is cheese specialty with uh, whipped cream, vinegar, shallots and chives. But there's a lot of pork in Lyon. So if you're really looking for specialties that you won't find anywhere, you can have gratin, which is fried pork grease. So it's... Not really healthy, (laughs) uh, but it's really salty, it's really crunchy, and it's kind of addictive to me, but either you love it or you just hate it, but but it's really typical. And you also have the duck version of the friton, which is fried duck grease. We also have andouillette which is a kind of veal-based sausage. It's generally um, belly veal, and it's fried with white wine, and you won't be hungry for many hours after you have eaten. There's a place called Food Trabule in the Violion, where you know you have a lot of little uh, shops and little restaurants, and you can uh, take a glass of wine at a place and then grab a sandwich or a plate at another and you can eat in the same area. Are you able to take your wine through different restaurants or no? 
Yes, because it's in the same place. It's in uh, an ancient uh, former uh, luxury hotel ah. and restaurant that closed a few years ago, the Tour Rose and different Lyonese chefs bought the place and they decided to gather to make something great of this place. So you have two or three stories and you have maybe 10 different little shops and places, finger food places where you can grab what you want and the dining areas are in common. So you can grab what you like and eat with everyone. You can taste Lyonese food, but in a more hipster way. This sounds great. I'm looking at your notes. I definitely want to try the friton, which is the fried duck grease, which sounds interesting. I've never heard of anything like that. But what I want to talk about is this note that you have here, Chez Fifi. Is that, am I saying that right? Yes, Chez Fifi. It's a sushi restaurant. You have two restaurants in uh, the second borough, Rue des Marronniers and uh, Rue Mercière. And the prices are affordable and it's uh, really good sushis. So if you want something a little bit healthier, it's a good option. I feel like I will be able to get sushi that I would never get here just because of the region. So I'm really excited to try sushi in Europe. But let's talk about this, what you say here, frog thighs or froggies. Frog thighs, yes, just try it. I know Americans uh, always call the French people uh, froggies, but, you know, it's weird for a lot of people to eat frogs, but Actually, if you manage to go beyond the idea of the animal, it tastes like white fish. It's very tender meat and it's actually pretty good. Huh? And what about these hot snails? Hot snails is maybe a bit more peculiar because it's a stronger taste because we eat it with parsley sauce uh -huh. and the meat is thicker, but it's also really good. So um, if you like meat and, you know... Um, culinary experiences, I would advise you to at least try. You can eat frogs and snails in uh, Les Halles-Paul-Bocuse, in the area of La Pardieu, in the third boroughs. It's an indoor, a great indoor market with the best caterers of the city. And you can have oysters, you can buy your cheese, you know, buy it's really artisanal uh, cheese. You can buy your meat, your fish. So it's a really great place to go and if you want to know what we eat in Lyon. First of all, I've never heard anyone call the French froggies. I've never heard that before. So, <laughs> okay. so if you've done it, stop doing it. But I'm not opposed to trying the frog's thighs. Is that the same thing as frog's legs, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I'd love a white fish. I might not try the snails. That might be for my next trip. But <laughs> Which may be a little bit hard for people uh, with the snails is that they are being served in their shell. Okay, then no. <laughs> I know it's a little bit hard for some people, but with the frogs, you don't see the animal, so it's easier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there's anything that we eat here that just disgusts you or like that you would never try, or are you very adventurous? Mm, I'm kind of adventurous. So there's nothing you won't try? You would have to try me <laughs> like this. I, <laughs> yes, I know what I wouldn't try. I don't know if you've ever heard of this poisonous fish in Japan that they cook and they make sushis with, uh, with it. But um, the chef that cook it have to follow a formation to really learn to slice it in a very precise manner to avoid the part with the poison because... Ah. If it's uh, not well prepared, you die in a really <laughs> awful way in uh, 10 hours, something like that. Are you talking about fugu? You're talking about fugu, right? Okay, but Japanese people really like it, maybe because it's a thrill of uh, 
the thrill. Making something dangerous, but I wouldn't try it. Mm-hmm. It's fugu, is what Cecile's talking about. It's the fish more poisonous than cyanide. We'll link to it in our show notes. Songsoftramus.com. I wouldn't eat it either. I love sushi, but I'm not willing to die for it. <laughs> okay, talk to us about the coffee shops. I imagine people just sitting outside, smoking, you know, their long cigarettes, just wildly gesticulating. I just That's what I imagine France to be. Yes, we like to smoke or have our coffee or latte at door. If you go uh, go up the, the Croirou slopes, there are a lot of really great coffee shops. I don't know if I've written it. The Perco Café on the Croirou slopes is pretty good. Uh, you also have just a few meters away. You can have great chocolate, great cocoa if you like. Also, if you're a fan of chocolate and cacao in Hotel de Ville, you have Icon, which is a chocolate bar. And then you have a Diploid near Hotel de Ville where you can brunch. You can have great pancakes, great coffee, great lattes. You know, pretty much all of this area, the first borough, fourth borough, you can just walk, cruise around the streets and, you know, stop by a little coffee shop. Uh, it's a really nice city for that. It developed a lot in the last few years. There were around so many coffee shops, I think, 10 years ago. It just developed more and more in the five last years, I will say. Mm. Talk to us about this weather. So I almost cut the section because the weather that's coming up on this tour is better than what we talk about, what it was going to be. Because on the 14th of April, the forecast is 63 degrees high, 52 degrees low Fahrenheit. And in Celsius, for those who don't want to do the math, I'll do it for you. I'll do anything for you. 17 degrees high, 11 degrees low Celsius, and sunny and clear. So plan to ditch your Copenhagen coats back at the hotel. The last two years, we had a really short winter, but February, it's always cold. (laughs) But this year, we are just early December, but it's much colder than uh, the years before. So I don't know, but it's quite possible that it will be cold. So yes, I would advise you to take sweaters, to take gloves, you know, hats, just to make sure. And it's also quite possible that there'll be snow. Mm. Uh, sometimes we uh, even have snow uh, until March. Oh, my word. It happens. So Will there be rain? Um, it can happen, but it rains, but it's not every day. It's not in England. But yes, it's better to, to have an umbrella with you just in case or raincoat, maybe if you have room in your luggage. Make room, people. Okay, talk to us about lodging. So I know we're going a little out of order, but talk to us about the hotels. Well, I guess there's nothing really near the venue. If you're going to stay, you don't really want to stay near the venue, right? Yes. If you want to be at the heart of a town, it's better to be directly in Lyon. But you can find uh, hotels around Caluire. But honestly, there are lots, lots, lots of um, hotels in Lyon for all prices. So if you are looking for something luxurious, you have a lot of really beautiful uh, hotels. In the Vieux Lyon, for instance, La Cour des Loges, which is uh, one of the most renowned uh, in the city. There are also great restaurants, but you have also Ibis Hotel. You have really for all the prices and all the tastes. But if you have uh, the choice, maybe choose something in the Vieux Lyon, the, the Croix The second borough near uh, Belcourt or Perrache is also good because it's affordable mostly, but you are at the heart of the city, so you can go out pretty much easily, go by foot until the Vieux Lyon, until Hotel de Ville, go back to your hotel. 
you can pretty much uh, find Airbnbs easily too. There are lots, uh, lots of options. So we've arrived in Lyon, we've walked around the Verona River, we've eaten frog thighs, we've enjoyed them probably, we're adventurous on this trip, we've had sushi but not the poisonous sushi. Now, what else is there to do? We have a little time to kill before the show, what is there to do? Depends on the time uh, that you have, but you can go to the Parc de la Tête d'Or, which is one of the largest parks in Europe, it's free, there's a zoo with giraffe. You have a lot of animals, even for, uh, because of COVID, it was uh, closed for a few months, but you can make your jogging, walk around, and it's really a beautiful place. What I would advise you most, really, if you want to discover the city, is to uh, discover the Vieux Lyon, so the historical part of town. So I've made a long text in your document. Yeah, I see that. If you really want to go by foot, and where you walk, uh, what you can do, let's say that you went to a coffee shop near uh, Hotel de Ville. So you can cross the bridge to the other side of the river. You go to Saint-Paul and then you walk all through the Rue de Saint-Jean, which is uh, one of the most uh, famous and touristic streets of uh, the Violion. You have also really great little streets uh, behind this one with... Um, coffee shops and shops. You can have pancake or praluline, which is um, Leonie's sweet and pink peanuts. Mm. And we met a brioche with that or pies. So you go all through the Rue Saint-Jean, up the streets. You have this really beautiful place with the Cathedral Saint-Jean. You can visit the church, the cathedral. Then you go right in front of you. You'll see the subway station. You take the Rue Saint-Georges and you have this really, really, really uphill street, which is called the Montée du Gourguillon. You mean like hard to walk uphill? Yes. Oh. It's, uh, it's the <laughs> oldest street of Lyon and it's the toughest one. It will take you maybe, depends on how you work, but maybe 10 to 15 minutes to go up there. Or 20 to 30. But it's a paved street. There are really rocks. And if you take a pause in the middle of the street, you will have a great view of a part of the city. And when the weather is clear, you can see the Alps mountain in the distance. And uh, you go up the streets and then you have a few stairs and you'll be near Fourvière. You have uh, antique theater, which is the Gallo-Roman theater, uh, which dates back to the first or second century, I guess. But you have um, a lot of shows during the summer. The acoustic is amazing and it's an historical place and a really beautiful place. You have a museum there. So if you have time, you can maybe go to the museum or walk among the rocks and uh, and the place and if you are very brave you can continue your walk and you really go really uphill on top of Fourvière you can visit the basilic and there's a um, kind of a plateau where you have a panoramic view of all the city and it's really great and then you have gardens that go down until near Belcourt, so you can walk through the gardens down your way until the Presqu'île. What's this uh, Paul Bocou restaurant in Cologne-Amont-Dor? 
Paul Bocuse in Colonge au Mont d'Or. It's near Caluire, it's a little less than two kilometers from Caluire. Paul Bocuse uh, died a few years ago, but he was a really great French chef and he was um, from Lyon. His restaurant in Colonge au Mont d'Or is uh, pretty much an institution, has been an institution for many years. So it's kind of expensive, but if you want to um, go to a gastronomic restaurant, I would definitely advise you Paul Bocuse or La Mer Brasier, uh, which is inside Lyon on the Croix-Rousse Slopes. It was a woman chef from Lyon, and her restaurant is really also an institution. It's deeply linked to the culinary history of the town, really. Now it's a, it's a new chef, a young chef, that supervises the place. So it's not a traditional bouchon anymore, but it seems really delicious, and um, it will uh, show you what is uh, gastronomic. Uh, French and Lyonnaise cuisine. It will be healthier than uh, the bouchon that I talked to you about uh, earlier with uh, all the pork and the frogs and the snails. But if you want to taste traditional Lyonnaise restaurant, a uh, bouchon, uh, I would advise you to really avoid the tourist traps because there are lots in the Vieux Lyon and um, make a reservation to notre maison in Rue du Boeuf near the Gadagne Museum. You have to make your call at least 10 to 15 days because it's a really small restaurant and it's kind of famous in the city. So plan ahead. You will have a real Lyonnaise menu uh, and not a tourist trap. Any additional things that we need to be aware of or, you know, like things that we should know about Lyon, including any COVID restrictions that you're aware of? Just safety. It's Lyon is quite a safe ta- a town, but... Um, Sometimes there are pickpockets in the subway. Mm. Uh, so generally, the public transportation, they spot them. So they warn you. They diffuse, uh, they, they air a message to tell you to be careful with your bags. So you just have to, you know, be sure to zip your bags and to have a firm grip on them. But personally, I've, I've never been robbed in the public transportation. So don't freak out. Just know that it happens. And... Um, If you um, come to Lyon by the train station, there are also sometimes people that uh, can try to have you sign false petitions in hopes you will make a donation, but uh, it's not for a real association. So just um, be careful with that. And beside that, it's mostly a safe city. There's just maybe a place that has little safety issues in the evening on the weekends because it's a crowded place. And it's a, it's a crowd uh, that can be a little bit rude with uh, sometimes robbers, offenders. Uh, women can be a little bit harassed sometimes. If there are gay couples and uh, in hand, maybe you will have, you know, um, be shot at that. It's not necessarily automatical, but it can happen. So there's no reason to freak out, but it's better to be aware mm-hmm. of that if you go um, have a drink, a beer uh, near the barges, because uh, there's a subway station near the La Guillotière station. But aside from that, it's a pretty cool city, and uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. I'm so excited. Now, after we leave Lyon, we're going to head over to Paris, which, according to the map, is about 289 miles away, 465 kilometers, four and a half hours by car, two hours by train, which I'm assuming is all the traffic, is why a train is faster. And you know what? I I can't say enough about the SNCF app. 
I just love it. It's so organized. I find the French people to be so classy and organized, even in their apps. We bought our train ticket from Milan to Lyon, and then we bought our train ticket from Lyon to Paris. We bought it online. And then when we downloaded the app, it just was all there. It was like all there, convenient, easy. We were able to book seats next to each other. It was so easy. So congratulations to you. Are you taking the SNCF to Paris? I will take the SNCF for WeGo. Often I take uh, WeGo because um, it's uh, low-cost trains and uh, if I don't have much luggage, it's cheaper and it's also um, TGV. TJV. So you arrive in Paris in less than two hours and sometimes you have really, really cheap tickets. So it depends on if you have a lot of luggage or not. If you have a lot of luggage with WeGo, you will have to pay um, an option to take your biggest luggage with you. Mm. And you don't have this option with SNCF. So it's the main difference. And you don't necessarily arrive at the same train stations with WeGo. Sometimes it's a little bit further from the center of Paris. But um, aside from that, both options are really good. Great. Excellent. I'm so excited. Follow Cecile at www.toriesmaze.com. Now, is there anywhere else they can follow you? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter? I'm on Facebook. I'm a bit on Instagram, but not that much. But uh, I post a little bit more these days. So you can also follow me on Instagram. Okay, great. And we'll link to that on our page. Now, will you talk to us after the show in Paris? I mean, in Lyon? Well, and both. Will you talk to us in both? Yes. Right. Sure. I'm afraid of like, you know, pointing a mic at people and like having them just give me that look. <laughs> no, so. I'll be glad to talk to you. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. I want to hear all your impressions on this show. And this will be, how many times have you seen her, did you say? I've seen her seven times uh, uh, from 2005 to uh, the, the Native Invader uh, tour in 2017. And it will be the third time that okay. I see her in the Olympia in Ooh. Paris. Ooh. And I'm pretty excited because it was it's the first time ever that she is uh, performing in uh, in Lyon. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I can wait to see uh, what the, the set will be, uh, uh, which song will she sing? Will she be uh, inspired by the local history? Mm-hmm. So I can wait and I can wait to to meet you to meet you there. I can't wait. We'll talk there, and it's the first time she's performing in Lyon, so I'm sure it's going to be a big party. It's going to be a big celebration. We'll have to figure out like a pre-show dinner or post-show drinks or something, too, when we're there. Sure. Excellent. Okay, thank you for being on the show, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.
Tour All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoryamus.com.